This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 158th episode of Talk Direction. Um, And this is our first episode of December, which is wild. Wow. Um, (laughs) How have you been, Caitlin? I have been same old, same old, studying for MCAT. I'm like... I I told my family, no one asked me about how studying going, how my days is going, like it's going the same, it either <laughs> sucks or it's boring or... Wait, you told them not to ask you? Yeah, my family, yeah. <laughs> because like, <laughs> like if I didn't do a good job of studying that day, I feel guilty and oh. like I don't want to talk about it and I don't want to like yeah. admit that I failed because I already know it. And like oh. if I just had a boring day, it's like I had a boring day, like so... Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, but Thanksgiving was good, and that was fun, and it's December. Well, not yet for us, but for you guys listening to this, it's December, and that's (laughs) exciting. We've got a lot of fun episodes planned that are, like, holiday-themed. Yes. And I hope we're getting some exciting things this month, like, Louie, you gotta drop that single. Harry, put out your freaking album, tour, video, whatever the hell. And yeah. Niall's already releasing stuff, so I'm expecting lots of goodies from the boys this Christmas. Me too. How have you been? I've been okay. Um, the uh, fire up here in Northern California was finally um, contained 100% yesterday. Wow. So that is great because the air quality is better. And it's been dark and cloudy and raining a bit, which makes mm-hmm. me very happy. Um, so that's good. I had a very frustrating day today with, um, dog walkers being super irresponsible, but I feel like that's not really relevant to anyone. (laughs) So I won't get it. Well, you've teased it. In what way are they irresponsible? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) I I actually can't get into this. I'm going to get so angry again. (laughs) We just recorded some TDDLs with Steph and Martha, and that put me in a better mood. So mm-hmm. Christmassy ones, guys. Get excited. <laughs> yes. So we're doing a super special episode today. Well, <laughs> super special to me. Um so <laughs> special to everyone. We're doing a song discussion on Woo. Ever Since New York. It's been a while since we've done a song discussion. A Harry well, song. Yeah, discussion. Um, a Harry song. Yeah. So we're slowly making our way. Through Harry's songs, we still have three left after this. I can't believe it's going to be two years from the album. We haven't gotten through ten songs. <laughs> I know it's so funny. <laughs> We're so we need bad. to finish before he puts out another album. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Yeah, this song honestly, it could be my favorite on the album. I love it so dearly. Wow. Um, but before we get into that, we have some announcements and updates. We are updating our Patreon starting this month, December. So as you're listening to this episode, um, everything will be changed. So you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash talk direction. And Patreon is a super cool website and it basically enables you to support the podcast. It's super helpful to us. Um, it's not, it's not free for us to do this podcast. So it's Mm -hmm. really nice to have support. 
Um, and it's also just like a really nice little community we have over there. Um, it sort of like lets us get a little bit more personal with you guys because it's not just going out into like the general public. Yeah, on the last episodes we just recorded, <laughs> a couple people throughout were like, this is TDDL, right? So I can say yeah. this. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're a little bit more lax over there. Yeah, it's a really fun place. And we're basically changing things up. So we're going to be getting rid of videos so that we can focus on making our TDDLs extra awesome. And we're also going to be adding um, chapter readings separate from TDDL. So what I've been doing on Patreon is reading chapters of fic um, aloud. So basically, it's like pod fic. Um, and we were making it like an episode of TDDL just to sort of test it out and see how people liked it. And people really seem to like it. So we're actually going to make it like its own separate thing. So um, I'll be doing at least one chapter a month and then we'll have four um, additional TDDLs that will be like our classic TDDLs. Mm -hmm. um, and just a note on the videos, we're stopping those because not many people watch them. And by not many, I mean, maybe we'll get two views. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of time to put into making videos and making four of them a month. And we thought that uh, you guys would prefer us to spend our time elsewhere and not on the videos. Yeah, exactly. Like the videos are really fun to make, but they do take so much work. Um, and people just don't really enjoy them. And some of the feedback, it's not that people don't enjoy them, but some of the feedback we've gotten is like, a lot of people are listening to stuff and mm -hmm. not watching. Like people don't necessarily have time to sit down and watch a video, but they have time to listen to things. And we know that people love the TDDLs and people love the chapter readings um, and just like not the videos as much. So we want to give the people what they want. And if we're not putting time and energy into making videos, which literally is so much time and energy, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have more time and energy to like make the things that you guys actually like even more awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and we've already started doing that by making our TDDL topics a little exciting because oftentimes what we do in the past is be like, oh, let's do this for TDDL. And then we're like, no, this is like a really cool idea. Let's make it a main episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're not doing that anymore. So we're actually having some cool TDDL um, topics. So I'm just going to go over the levels. So we, we still have a $1 level and that's just sort of for general support. Um, we're going to post like, we'll post random videos and photos every once in a while um, for that level. And also if you're Supporting us at that level, you'll be able to join our movie night Google Hangouts. Um, we did one a couple weeks ago. Um, we watched Practical Magic, and I'm really excited to do another one. It might not be till after the holidays just because people are busy, and I think it's it'll be hard to find times when everyone's kind of around. Um, but uh, if you are supporting us at the $1 level, you'll be able to join those Google Hangouts when they do happen. And then the next level after that is... Wait, hold on. About the first level then. Oh, yeah. Too, I know you said random videos. We're going to, like, when we want to post videos now. Yes. So we're getting rid of regular videos. But it's like, if I happen to be going to a concert and want to show you guys, like, what we're doing or I'm doing something interesting that day, then the videos will go up on the $1 level. And that's $1 yeah. a month. Everything is monthly. Yes. Um, so you know, we'll still do like concert videos and like fun stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just not the every other video that we post. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. So yeah, the next level is 250. And that's 250 a month. Um, and that will include everything that the $1 level includes plus 
um, access to our Google Docs. Um, so we make Google Docs every time we record an episode where we write down everything we're going to talk about and we add our notes and stuff. Um, so you'll be able to sort of read that um, either as you're listening to the episode or um, separately. And sometimes they're really fun because we put like pictures in them when we, whenever we talk about like fashion stuff like Harry's suits. Um, Caitlin puts like all the photos <laughs> of all the suits in. So um, and that's once you get access, you get access to everything we've done in the past. So you yes. can go back and look at everything too. Yeah, exactly. You'll also get access to one episode of Talk Direction Download per month. And those episodes are usually around half an hour. Um, and then you'll also get um, the ability to leave us a voicemail that we will play on the show and discuss. And the next level is $5 a month. And that includes everything in the $1 and $250 levels, as well as two additional Talk Direction download episodes per month. So you'll get all four of them at this level. And it will also include the chapter reading of FIC. So you'll get at least one per month, potentially more depending on like what we're reading and how long it takes and all that. Um, but you'll definitely get at least one per month. And those are usually around an hour um, each chapter. Hey guys, this is Editing Lucia stopping in to let you know that we have also decided to do a fanfic book club and it's going to be for the $5 a month level on Patreon. So one of the four TDDLs will be us talking about a fic, and each month we'll pick a new fic, and everyone can read it, and you can send us in your feelings and thoughts, and we will discuss them on the TDDL that we do about the fic. So the first one we're going to be doing for December is actually going to be a holiday um, fic. It's inspired by the movie The Holiday. So if you want to get in on that, you can find a post with all of the details on our Patreon. And now back to past Lucia. Then we have one more level, which is the $10 level. And that will include everything in the previous levels. Plus, we will send you a handwritten letter of gratitude. Um, and you also will get the opportunity to be a guest on the show. So those are our new levels. Um, is there anything you need to add or did I cover it? Um, just to clarify what I was saying a second ago. Um, uh -huh. If you join now and you've never joined before, we have how many episodes of TDDL? 89. 89 <laughs> episodes. So that's a lot of content. So you'll get every single episode of that. Yeah. Um, and it's super easy, too, because you can just put the RSS feed into your, like, podcast right. app, and it comes right to your phone as a podcast. Um, so, like, you don't necessarily need to have open Patreon on the internet or open the Patreon app, which that is also available to you, but it can go right onto your app like podcast app if you just like copy the rss feed for yeah. the tddls and the chapter readings and stuff um, yeah. but yeah you'll get access to everything we've done in the past so that's a lot of content yeah and if you join the five dollar level um you'll get all the previous um chapter readings i've done mm -hmm. um i'm currently reading these inconvenient fireworks so if you join now you'll get um all the chapters i've already done which is a classic one direction fic if you haven't branched into one direction fan fiction that that's is a good amazing. one to start it really is. I love doing it so much. 
Um, yeah, so our last episode of TDDL, um, we talked about um, solo song covers. We talked about which um, which of like so- the solo songs we want each boy to cover. So like, for example, what Nile songs we want Harry to cover. And um, we did that one with Steph and Martha, and that was super fun. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about our fantasy One Direction Christmas album, which we can't believe that we've never actually gotten <laughs> a real one. So sad. Yeah. So we talk all about like what songs we would want on it and duets. what songs. Yeah. What songs we'd want each boy to sing like by themselves or as a duet. Are you going to put a clip in? Yeah. I'll put a clip right here. And I feel like we need some kind of transition music. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll find some transition music. Something and... Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> And we're on we're on TDDL, right? So it's okay that like we can say stuff we couldn't say on the like main episode. Go yeah, you can for say it. whatever you want. Excellent, because yeah, okay. So I don't. I'll sing on this. This is TDDL, right? Yes. Like, sing. <laughs> the first solo song would be Louis singing "One Little Christmas Tree," because um, I really want to feel pain. I guess. Um, <laughs> One little Christmas tree is like actually the saddest song in existence. And I feel like Louis singing it would just bring it to another level of heartache. The tree cries. It's like, no. <laughs> it, it cries as it looks up to the sky. And it's like, please, Mr. Father Tree, wherever you are. Oh, oh it's this? so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. That's but too then like much. an angel comes and gives him the star. And then he lights the world. Wow. Wow. Hold on. I'm Googling <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not give me music. Hold on. <laughs> um yeah so that was a really fun episode to do and i um i'm gonna be putting a link to like the spotify playlist i made of all of our christmas song choices on patreon so you can listen to that um if you're into christmas music um so yeah that's basically it for our announcements uh we're not really doing much news this week because the boys have been kind of quiet, and also since we're doing a song discussion, we wanted to make sure we save enough time for that. Mm-hmm. So, today we are discussing Harry's song, Ever Since New York, and um, this song was first performed on SNL, Saturday Night Live, on April 15th, and um, then it was obviously released with his album on May 12th as track number eight. And um, I'll go over the credits. So it was written by um, Alex Salibian, Mitch Rowland, Ryan Nassi, Tyler Johnson, Jeff Basker, and Harry Styles. The vocals were done by Harry, keyboard, Jeff Basker, and Alex Salibian. Background vocals, Harry, bass, Ryan Nassi, drums, Mitch Rowland, and guitar, Mitch Rowland. And it was really interesting because I realized as I was preparing for this episode that when we first saw Harry perform this song on SNL, it was the first time we ever saw him with a guitar. Do you remember that? Oh my God, yes. Like, wow. remember how much we all freaked out? We're like, yeah. Harry plays guitar? And now it's so normal, I forgot that that I happened. know, wow, that was a moment. Yeah. Wow. Wait, was this, <laughs> did you say this was the first one he did? Or did he do Sign of the Times first? He did Sign of the Times, but he didn't play guitar. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So the first time we ever heard this song was was live, and he, um, yeah, he was like wearing this like white shirt and these kind of like plaid pants, and he looked beautiful. And he was playing guitar, and everyone was flipping out because mm. we'd never seen him play guitar before. Like yeah. we didn't even know. I think at that point we didn't even know if he would be playing an instrument. I feel like we got photos like right before it happened or something. Mm, yeah. I seem to remember something like that. Yeah. But, so do you remember um, what, a what it was like the first time you listened to this and watched it on SNL? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I was so excited. I'm now like reliving that guitar thing now that you've mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so fun. It was really cool because we... I think we'd heard Sign of the Times before, like Mm -hmm. he released it. Um, So we had already heard that studio version, um, but we hadn't heard any other songs from his album. And we were thinking we were going to get Kiwi. And then all of a sudden he's playing Ever Since New York. And I was kind of going, this isn't Kiwi. And then we were like, no, it's Ever Since New York. It's Ever Since New York because he said it. So I remember trying to figure out what song he was playing. Right. Um, and I really liked it. And then I remember afterwards, we were trying to figure out the lyrics and like everyone was writing their own version of what they heard on Twitter. And honestly, like yes. we didn't know the real lyrics until the studio version came out because there were a lot of lyrics that I heard differently and that most people heard differently, I think. And then the like the album came out and it was very different. Um, yeah, I still sing the wrong lyrics. Yeah. In some places because it took it was so long b- between when we heard the song and when we got the right lyrics. Yeah, because I always heard empty avenues like, yep, yep. There was too. like multiple things like that. And same with like when we heard Sweet Creature live and we didn't hear like the studio right. version. Um, like Rope Road, there was a lot of confusion with some of the lyrics. So yeah. that's what I remember. What like, do you have anything else from the first time you heard it? um yeah I just I remember loving it so much I was so blown away again I think it's because it was like one of the first songs we'd heard from Harry solo and the fact that he was playing guitar um and also was a song that had harmonies really rich Mm, yes um, oh my god that the live version is so good I can't when he goes up high on that one yes (laughs) (sighs) yeah I'm a sucker for harmonies so like of course I'm gonna love this song but yeah um yeah, I remember after it came out, I actually suggested to my family that we learn to play it. So me and my mom and my brother get together to play music sometimes every, like, couple of weeks. And we will, like, often, like, pick a song to, like, learn the harmonies to. And so I was, like, what, as soon as I heard this, I was, like, we need to do, we need to do this song. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, so we've played it quite a lot. I actually have a video up on Patreon right now of, like, one of our practice sessions. Um, what? Of singing this song. You didn't tell me this. <laughs> How well, rude. Was, you were kind of incognito this week. Uh, <laughs> it, well, say in my defense. Whoops. <laughs> or I guess incognito is not the right word. But uh, I was. I didn't. I, like, I was literally you a lot. <laughs> I just didn't answer anything. I felt bad, but then it like built up too much, and I was like, I yeah. just can't right now. No, it's fine. Don't feel bad. I knew you were with your family. I wasn't like yeah. upset or anything. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I. I like played it with my family and it was also funny because we um we didn't have the studio version when we first mm-hmm. started learning it so me and my brother kind of just figured out the guitar parts my brother is like very good at guitar so he could mm-hmm. figure out the guitar parts um wow. and then we sang like totally the wrong lyrics because <laughs> we didn't know <laughs> but those lyrics honestly what even though they were the wrong ones and like now we know the right ones but this also mm-hmm. was the moment for me going like i i'm starting to understand what harry is like as like a songwriter 
you know, yeah. like we had gotten Sign of the Times. And this was like the second one we hear of him as a songwriter and just like the beautiful imagery that he created, like mm-hmm. some really pretty, like, I don't know, I got just kind of got a grip of what he was going to be like, I guess. That's so true. That's so true. I feel the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we got the um, studio version with the album, obviously. And I think what happened with that so I feel like this song is very underrated. And I think one of the reasons is because it kind of had the Nile effect mm-hmm. um, where we got the live version first and it was so much better uh, in a lot of people's minds than the studio version. So when we got the studio version, I think a lot of people were kind of not disappointed, but like uh, I think people didn't like it as much as the live version. What What are your thoughts about when you first heard the studio version? Yeah, I was definitely underwhelmed by the studio version because mm-hmm. I loved the upbeatness. I just felt like there was so much. I just got a certain vibe that wasn't like the live version had this sort of sort of anthemic feel to me. And the mm-hmm. studio version was a lot different than that. So I was yeah. underwhelmed. I'm not saying that it was worse, but because I had that, I was looking forward to that anthemic feeling. Yeah. I was kind of let down a bit, I guess, you know, but it would have been yeah. probably different if we'd gotten that studio version in the first place. Right. Exactly. I feel the same way. And it's, it's how we talk about a lot of Nile songs. Like, yeah. you know, if we hadn't gotten the live versions first, we would have probably felt very differently because then yeah. it would have been like, we would have gotten like the studio version of Ever Since New York and been like, wow, this is so beautiful. And then when we heard the live version, it would have just been elevated. Yeah. Whereas doing it the opposite way, it makes it uh, different. <laughs> yeah. If Niall puts out his live version first next time, I don't think I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. I think I'm going to wait. Yourself. That is yeah. smart. I think I will do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I do feel similarly. I really enjoy the studio version of this song. I definitely prefer the SNL version, actually, mm-hmm. um, is my favorite version, which is funny because oftentimes, like, that wouldn't be the case. Like, the very first time. Yeah. Like, the first time he performed Sign of the Times. Oh, don't even is, let me think about it. Wasn't great. You know, it wasn't <laughs> great. <laughs> I mean, it was great, but, like, his vocals were not there, you know? Right. And so oftentimes the first time, you know, someone would perform a song wouldn't be your favorite because it would be the one that's like least practiced. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, there was some magic in that performance. Yeah, um, it was just perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Um, and we'll get into talking more about, um, I think, the live version and stuff later on when we dissect the song. But um, has your has your like feelings about this song changed um, over like the last year and a half that we've I had? Think, I think it has because I got more information a bit on what it was about mm-hmm. and that made me yeah. change my mind a lot. Um, Interesting. What did you think of, what did you think about the meaning before? I just thought before. it was more about a relationship mm-hmm. and like that's fine and I mm-hmm. think that's an interpretation that's really valid yeah. um, but like I don't know. There's other interpretations. Are we talking about that now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so there was, um, yeah, so apparently, now this is like unconfirmed, but it's pretty confirmed, <laughs> I think, <laughs> was Harry performed at the Grammy Museum and he had like an interview and he was asked about Ever Since New York and what would, what it was about. And someone on Tumblr called Katie Locks was there and wrote that this is what he said. So this is her version of what Harry said, but it seems like it's correct. Um, okay. 
Um, he said he wrote that song about bad news he got about a family member when he was in a hotel in Brooklyn. He also said the hotel was very minimal, no furniture, trendy or whatever, and that he hated it and never stayed there again. LOL. But yeah, he did say that. Um, he also said he loved that the song was a love song, but not a love song, which I saw some people saying he said about two ghosts, but nope, he said it about ever since New York. Um, and then people uh, speculate from that, that it was actually about him finding out uh, that his stepdad, Robin, uh, had cancer right. or like yeah. something about that. Maybe it was terminal, whatever. And his stepdad did pass away. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people talking yeah. about that being the meaning. So I think finding that out, mm -hmm. I just sort of had a new perspective of the song. I still yeah. wouldn't say it's like one of my favorites off the album, but it mm -hmm. makes me look at it in a new light and appreciate the studio version more. I mean, I, I've always loved the live version. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the calmness of the studio version, I like yeah. get a different sense from that, knowing what the song was written about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like when I've, when I like the the way that I feel about this song is that like when I listen to it I don't think of a specific event um mm -hmm. or like situation it's more like a feeling yeah um which I I think about a lot of songs that way there are some songs that I have like a narrative in my head of what it's about um like two ghosts for example I have like a really specific narrative in my mind of like different things it's about mm -hmm. um whereas this song is kind of just more about like a feeling to me when I listen to it um, and I do listen to it sometimes and think of it as like about a relationship. And then sometimes I also think about it, think of it as more about like losing someone. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, it's kind of, there's like a bit of ambiguity to the lyrics mm -hmm. that you can kind of yeah. interpret it however you want. Which... She said it was like, he said he liked that it was a love song, but not a, not a love song. Yeah. I feel like that fits really well. Yeah, exactly. I would love to see more songs like this on mm. his future albums. Like, I I mean, I really enjoy, um, I, I really enjoy, like, romantic songs and love songs and, like, sexy songs. But um, it's interesting because, like, playing music with my family, like, there's only so many songs we can actually play that wouldn't be weird right. <laughs> like on Harry's album and this is like one of them yeah um so I, w I I really like having songs like that in the mix yeah and I like what you said like just sort of an emotional ambiguity I think like whatever the meaning of the song is this song is such a catharsis like it just yeah. has that feeling to me no matter what you take from the meaning of it and I think he gets across like that feeling in yeah. whatever like context you put it in which I think is really powerful definitely when you listen to it is there like anything from your own life that you like relate to it or do you think about anything specific about um, Harry's life I don't know I don't know if I've had anything specific yet I mean I always think of like being in the crowd at his concerts and all of us are just yeah. standing together like throwing our souls out yeah I, I picture that a lot it's a nice one to hear live. Yeah. It just, yeah, when it's live, it just feels like we're all sort of going through something and we're just sort of like throwing away our, like something that we've been holding on to and we're getting it out mm. there and like together we've experienced different things, but it's a similar emotion and we're just kind of like letting it exit Releasing our it. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit worried. Um, I'm a bit worried that it's going to be cut from the next tour. Do you Ooh. think that's a possibility? I think it is, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. It's such a good one live, though. Oh. I know. 
Yeah, it's scary to think about what's going to be cut next tour because obviously yeah. the more and more songs you have, the less you can play. Yeah. I mean, but then you'll have artists who do like 23 songs and it's like, well, right. he puts out a 12 song album. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess even still, you'd have to cut some of the covers he does. He couldn't just do every song. Right. And he'll probably yeah. add covers. It'll be sad. And and yeah. there'll probably be songs that are on the album that we never hear live, which is just right. even more devastating. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think the general consensus is that the SNL version is, like, the best. Yeah. Well, because um, also then- the studio version just doesn't have that freaking harmony, that one that just, like, reaches up to the heavens. like When Harry just- does, like, the high notes. Yes! Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about this. Like, do you think that that they didn't come up with that until they did a live version and that's why it's not I the don't studio know. version? I really don't know. It's like, what influence did his band have on them? Was it in the Abbey's yeah. Road version? But that was still after a long time. It was, yeah. And it um, it wasn't in that version. Okay. The Behind the Album? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, shoot, I made a note about it, but now I can't find it. I don't think it was in that version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was. But it's not know. in a lot of the live versions he does. Really? Well, the SNL version was really good. Yeah, I think what must have happened is that they um, they must have recorded the song, and then when they were when he was practicing it with his live band, mm-hmm. I think they came up with that and added that in. Yeah, I'd love to see they did like, this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I would love to see them figuring out how to perform each of the songs live, and like Ugh. who figures that stuff out. Is it each of them coming together artistically, or is there some like artistic director who's like, okay, this is gonna work. You do these harmonies. Like you come in with this. Like, I would die for that content. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think um, he also did this a similar thing with Sign of the Times. Um, when we heard it live, he added all of this really cool stuff at the end mm. that's not on the studio version. Yeah. Um, so many note changes. Yeah, which totally could have been on purpose. Um, but I also think that, like, they came up with that stuff later and that's Mm -hmm. why it's not on the studio version the other thing i thought too is that it's possible that they didn't put it on the studio version on purpose because they didn't want people to expect it because he doesn't do it all the time right like i was listening back to the um the time he performed it in san francisco which is my show um and then also the san jose version which is my other show and he didn't do the high note part Mm. um i think it's quite hard to do um when we when I sang with my family, um, I've sung that part, and it's actually quite hard yeah. to do. I imagine. And I think, yeah. So I think maybe he's like, he was like, I don't want to put this in studio version because then everyone's going to expect me to do it, and they're mm. going to be disappointed when I don't. And instead, mm-hmm. I'll just throw it in when I feel like I can pull it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it 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 does add a lot to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also. It's also interesting because when he um, when he does stuff live, at least with his his band from the last album, he has Claire and Sarah who sing a lot of backing vocals yeah. and a lot of harmonies. Um, and when he um, recorded his album, they weren't there. Yeah. So I also wonder how much that has an effect. Like if they're if they added harmonies that he didn't think about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because also one of the things that I really like about the SNL version 
that isn't in the studio version is there are so much more harmonies just in general. In the SNL so, version? In the SNL version and, and actually in all the live versions. Mm-hmm. So um, the in the studio version, there's only harmonies on the chorus, but in the live versions, they um, Sarah and Claire do harmonies on the second half of the second verse. And I just feel like it sounds prettier. Yeah. To have just, those all there. the harmonies are so beautiful. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if they'll be a part of the recording of his second album. If he'll they'll be on the vocals at all. Yeah, I wonder that too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's interesting, you know, when you hear um when you hear like album versions of songs like when there's you know like layered vocals and harmonies it's often mm-hmm. the same person like the artist yeah you know recording them separately and then layering them yeah um which is so interesting to like hear that and then when you hear it live obviously they have a band mm-hmm. who does the harmony unless you're ed, so. Sheer- ed sheeran who records all <laughs> who does it all oh yeah harmonies live. <laughs> yeah so um i think we'll just get into the lyrics now and we can sort of add Um, other notes about the song as we go does that sound good yeah okay so we have verse one wait can we start with the title oh yes the title (laughs) is ever since new york i feel like you have thoughts yeah it's such a beautiful title i love It it i really love it it's so unique it gives such a like specific location and moment of time feeling um, obviously because it says New York, but it's just like, you it's like you can pinpoint exactly when this happened and like you can feel like, I don't know, I don't know, it gives it like a crispness. Um, yeah. And like you already get an idea of like ever since New York, something's been different or something's changed or right. something's not the same as it used to be. Um, I don't know. I love, I just really love it. Yeah. I think it's a really um, poetic title yeah. as well. Um, it also has a nice abbreviation, mm. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> yes. I love all the abbreviations for Harry's yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the easiest one, like, when I see it. I'm like, oh, I know exactly yeah. what that is. S-N-E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So the first verse goes, tell me something, tell me something. You don't know nothing. Just pretend you do. I need something. Tell me something new. Choose your words, because there's no antidote. For this curse, oh, what's it waiting for? Must this hurt you just before you go? Um, this song, lyrically, I think, is so good. Mm-hmm. I love I lyrics in this song. And this is one I also got wrong. So it says, um, must this hurt you just before you go? And I used to think that was, um, must desert you yes, just before you go. You thought that too? yeah. <laughs> and I even thought this was or what's it waiting for, but it's oh, yeah. what's it waiting for, yeah. which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's really an interesting lyric. Like, even the phrase, uh, like, for this curse, oh, what's it waiting for? Mm-hmm. Ominous. Um, yeah, so I feel like if you look at this, if you look at the lyrics thinking of, like, a relationship, there's definitely a lot I feel like you can get. Uh, but if you look at it as, like, someone who's sick, mm-hmm. um, then the lyrics become much more um, less metaphorical. Yes. 
Right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. What did you do as you did this song analysis? Did you take it down both roads or one or the other? I did. I did take it down both roads. Um, yeah, because that's kind of how I listen to the song. Mm-hmm. I don't always listen to it as um, being about Robin or about like someone sick. I think I listen. I think when I listen to it, I often think about. Well, again, I kind of just think about a feeling, like yeah. a general feeling. Yeah, amorphous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have anything uh, specific about this verse? Um, well, I feel like even before the lyrics start, I just like the drums and you hear that wavy guitar that we hear in a lot of songs that Harry does. Yeah. Um, it almost reminds me of whale calls I wrote. <laughs> I know. I think that sound might actually be the keyboard. Oh, really? Yeah, because I know that Claire plays the keyboard in the live versions mm-hmm. of the song and I was listening to it trying to pick out what she's playing and there isn't yeah. any other sound. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, that must be the keyboard. Right. Yeah. But well, like, whatever it is, wow. whale calls, water, yeah, guitar, keyboard. It's really pretty. Um, yeah. And one of the really cool things about this song is that the live versions actually have four guitars and no bass. Oh, yeah, so there's two electric guitars and then two acoustic guitars. Oh. Um, and there's no bass being played, which I think really adds to, like, the folky sound yeah. of the song. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much, just so much guitar. The, yeah, the live version, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. Yeah, because the drums on this make give it a very different feel for me than that pure guitar sound. Now now that you're mm-hmm. saying that's what it is, I think. I, knew, I always knew the drums did that, but I didn't realize there was no, like... It was all guitar in the live version. Oh, yeah, well, there's drums and keyboard yeah. in the live version. But, but no, not the but yeah. same sounds. Yeah, but no bass, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, I really like the drums, too. I I think they're really cool. I don't know anything about drums, but I wrote they're very deep sounding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. It, like, it makes me feel like I'm sitting in a hammock, like, on a beach with, like, palm mm. trees around me or something. That's what the song sounds like. It sounds like I could hear the ocean waves, like, lapping up, which really does yeah. not fit with, like, my lyrical interpretation. But musically, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but lyrically, definitely. I feel like going down the relationship path, it, it mm-hmm. feels like a relationship is ending and, like, you're kind of... I don't know, some, this or like a relationship is in a difficult time and you're in the middle of a fight or, you know, you're like, tell me something I don't know. Like maybe the person cheated or has been lying mm-hmm. or like you're not hearing anything new and you're just mm-hmm. kind of like waiting for something to change or kind of pissed knowing that it's not. It's like you already know that it's right. over, but you're kind of like egging them on, I guess, a bit. Right. Um, and like they're saying like there's no antidote, like what you're saying, it's already like you know, you already cheated or it's already over. Um, yeah. But taking it down, like, the sick road or the, um, like, Robin passing away, um, I definitely, everything, like, come really comes clear with the lyrics here. Yeah. Um, like, it feels like maybe someone, you know, found out news, especially given, like, the time and place, like, ever since New York. It's, like, you remember yeah. exactly where you were when you found out, like, the bad news that, like, maybe it's terminal or however, like, much time someone has left. Right. Um, and it feels like they're they're sort of, like, begging for some other news or some other answer or just, like, wanting something to be different 
or like yeah. wanting some news that just isn't there that they're not going to get. Um, mm-hmm. And like choose your words because there's no antidote for this curse. Definitely sounds like cancer to yeah. me. Um, no antidote for this curse. I feel like we've all been touched by cancer in some way in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like, and then must this hurt you just before you go? A lot of terminal illnesses, they're not like easy to end your life yeah. on. They can be really painful and hard to watch. And I don't know. So I feel like that is rings true for that storyline for me. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think everything you said is, is um, like, my same thoughts um, yeah. about it. And I feel like the song is interesting because, um, as we said before, there's, like, a certain ambiguity to it. And I feel like it's got kind of a combination of emotions. Mm. Um, like, there's definitely – you can hear, like, a bitterness um, yeah. and, like, almost an anger and, like, tell me something I don't already know. Yeah. Um, especially like you don't know nothing, just pretend you do. Mm. Um, there's like a bitterness to it. There's also obviously like a lot of sadness and like loss. Yeah. Um, to it. And then there's also like a little bit of longing and like a little bit of hope. Mm. Um, that like something is gonna work, you know. Like right. it's not it's not like a totally hopeless song. Like there's a little bit of like longing and I think it works really well together, like all of those kind of complicated emotions yeah it seems very real I feel like that's what it does you would be feeling yeah it does yeah and I think ultimately there's definitely like a sense of acceptance in the Mm -hmm. song like it doesn't sound like um like total pleading like it does sound like a little bit of an acceptance um of a loss Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there's like that little hint of longing and hope and that little bit of bitterness and yeah it works really well I feel it as, like, a desperate hope, though. Like, kind of a yeah. hope that maybe is no, – you kind of logically know there isn't hope, but, like, you're still Exactly. Trying. Yeah, well, like, that sa- the lyrics, like, um, tell me something, I need something. Yeah. It's like you're saying, like, like tell me – tell me – like, give me some good news, even right. though I know there isn't. Like, yeah. tell me this is – tell me this is going to be different or better, even though I know it's not. Yeah. Like, and I you, still need it. <laughs> do you take the line, you don't know nothing – just pretend you do to be saying you don't know anything you're just pretending you know something which that's how I take Mm -hmm. it like maybe someone's like giving them answers even though that like they really don't know themselves which probably is Mm -hmm. the case a lot like maybe doctors don't have the answers or maybe a family member doesn't have the answers like as I was reading these it could also be like you don't know nothing but like just pretend you do like tell me something fake just to pretend that I can so I can be sort of like so I can get some like relief just in this moment yeah yeah these lyrics are are done so well that you can have those meanings there's like a part later on that I had the same thing happen to me um yeah because you can see it as like you don't know nothing like please just pretend that you do know something right exactly um yeah I really love the word antidote I think it's really Mm, pretty word that is pretty like like antidote and curse I like that the imagery that that creates yeah yeah and the oh what's it waiting for in relation to like a sickness is so sad yeah like it's kind of like what like what is it waiting for to like you know take you it's almost like in some moments like where you're at that point when someone's so sick and they're hurting so much you just want them to be at peace I guess 
yeah that kind of seems like what this could be saying like yeah especially there's no followed by the curse like what's it waiting for must this hurt you just yeah. before you go yeah exactly yeah Ugh, it's super sad yeah um do you have anything else specific for this verse um no all right so then we get into the chorus um which is just the lines oh tell me something i don't already know repeated and this is when all the harmonies come in so it's kind of hard to pick out how many there are but in the live version there's actually four harmonies which is super cool um in the studio version i think there are probably is also four but it's harder mm -hmm. to hear the high harmony yeah and um i'm editing this episode so i'll include some little clips so nice <laughs> so we'll include the clip of the SNL version where you can hear all the harmonies. What a great! And then, <laughs> and then I'll include the clip of the studio version where it's a bit harder to hear. Hey, it's editing Lucia again. So while adding these little musical clips in, I was listening to the SNL version with headphones, and I noticed that I could actually hear multiple Harry voices. And at first I thought that it was just like an effect with the microphones they were using where it would play his voice like in both ears, like doubled. But uh, when he changes um, the notes he's singing, you can hear his voice singing two separate notes. So it definitely seems like they um, had his pre-recorded voice playing during that SNL version and then he sung over it. And there are some parts where it almost sounds like there's more than two Harry voices. So I almost wonder if they played like all of his voices that he um, layered in the studio version and then all of them sang on top of that as well. And maybe that like extreme fullness is partly why the SNL version is so beautiful. So I just thought that would be interesting to mention. And I'll play you that SNL version now and then the studio version after. Tell me something I don't already know in this chorus mm -hmm. so 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 much yeah um and i love that there's so many of them it's so beautiful yeah i feel like he got you can really tell that he's inspired by like sort of classic 70s and yeah you know, 60s music because there are those beautiful sort of stripped back harmonies mm -hmm. um because like i feel like music today sometimes we get that but not in this like four layer like yeah, you know, epic harmony, which happens a number of times on his album, mm -hmm. like from the dining table, we get that again. I don't know. I, yeah, I like exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like this, this kind of chorus that kind of just like repeats the same mm -hmm. line over and over again. I think it really just like solidifies the feeling of the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about Harry's choruses sometimes being quite simple, like woman. Um, yeah. 
but it just it works so well here because it is that as you said that emotion conveying the repetition Mm -hmm. works so well it's kind of needed and especially as i said live it just feels like you know we're all kind of shouting out our feelings and like in this like thing together and i like that it feels like you need to have that repetition yeah definitely do you have anything else for the chorus um nope all right um so then we get into the second verse which goes brooklyn saw me empty at the news there's no water inside the swimming pool almost over had enough from you and i've been praying i never did before understand i'm talking to the walls i've been praying ever since new york Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, this is a gorgeous verse. All of it is so beautiful. I think my favorite line of the whole song is, I've been praying I never did before. Mm. It's just, it's such a vulnerable, like, verse in total. Yeah. I feel like you get so much truth out of it. It's so human. Yeah. I I, I think it's so pretty. Plus, the imagery is gorgeous. Like, it does have that sort of, it's not like, how Louis' songs are, like, very clear-cut what's happening. It does have a lot of this metaphor here. Yeah, um, But, like, exactly. mixed with this very human thing about the praying, you know? Yeah. When I first heard this, I, I thought it was Empty Avenues. Mm, so I was too. thinking, like, you know, you're, you're out in Brooklyn, like, at night, so mm-hmm. the streets are empty. <laughs> yeah. But Which was empty. also super pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's Empty at the News, which... Right. I feel like there's several different interpretations that mm-hmm. I have for that. One of them being like in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's in Brooklyn. He's like at a newsstand mm. in New York and he's feeling empty at this oh. like, newsstand. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And then the other interpretation is like, is like empty at hearing the new, like he hears this bad news and it makes yeah. him feel empty. So it's like empty at the news. Yeah. That's how I took um, it. Yeah. I think that's the more, um, like, like that's mm-hmm. probably what it means. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really, it's a really interesting lyric, like, coming up with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it feels like you had to, like, like, he, that's literally what he was feeling. Just completely empty. And it's like he penned that down and he was like, I'm empty at the news, like... Yeah, know. but it's still such an interesting way to say that because I feel like you would naturally want to say like I don't know, you wouldn't say that naturally. Yeah. It's like very poetic. Yeah, I agree. Plus like Brooklyn saw me. It's He's yeah. personifying Brooklyn and like Brooklyn sees him. Like the city could almost feel his emptiness and was kind of grieving with him. And like, yeah. let's take that interpretation that we all heard was empty avenues. I feel like that mm-hmm. also sort of reflected how he was feeling you know yeah just the whole thing was like the city the city saw the true him like what he was really feeling maybe not everyone else around him but brooklyn did it's really beautiful yeah it is um i really enjoy like the layered um vocals in this Hmm. the way that the studio version is done i think what they do is like I think he sings a line um, and then I think he sing like he sings the other line and then I think they splice it together because uh. it sounds really fast. Like it doesn't 
Like it sounds like one sort of comes right after the other. Um, And then he kind of replicates that in the live version. So he, there's like not really a lot of space between the words. um, And they're like very articulated and separate. So instead of singing, like I feel like how you would naturally sing like empty at the news, Mm -hmm. you would kind of combine empty and at. Mm -hmm. So you would be like, empty at the news but mm-hmm. instead he separates it so he he sings like empty at the news <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's why it sounds like avenues <laughs> yeah because he says like empty at the news instead of empty at the news right brooklyn saw me empty at the news empty at the news which i feel like most people would sing those words together but he kind of separates them mm-hmm. um which i really like i think it's it's cool um way of singing and he does that throughout the whole song mm-hmm. um like with all the verses like right. all the each word is kind of separate mm. what a good thing to pick up on yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i noticed it i noticed it mostly in the studio version because you can if you're like listening with headphones like for that you can really mm-hmm. pick it up um, and then I went and listened to the live versions and I was like, oh, he totally replicates that by the way he's articulating the words. I wonder why he decided to do that. Yeah, I know. I wonder what I always wonder, like how people come up with artistic mm-hmm. choices. And then there's no water inside the swimming pool. It's so um, beautiful. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like I thought of a swimming pool at a hotel Mm. before I had heard this story about him being at a hotel. Yeah. And then I also was thinking about how many of Harry's songs make me think of him being in a hotel. Interesting. Like what? Like Meet Me in the Hallway. Yeah. From the dining table. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. Like, there's so many of his songs that I'm, like... You picture it in a hotel? Not all the time, but, like, sometimes I do. Or there's, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, there's, like, some part of it that I'm, like, oh, yeah, like, this is about him being... In-. Like, I just think of right, that. Right, yeah. Um, and I don't know why I thought of this, but, like, there's no water inside the swimming pool. I mean, that could have a ton of meanings, but, like, sometimes I think of it as, like... um, Like, he was at a hotel. There's, like, some swimming pool that he, like had fun in at some point and now it's empty yeah um and then I also have thought about it like maybe it's more metaphorical like like I'm out of tears kind Mm. of situation because it combines with empty like empty at the news there's no water inside the swimming pool yeah um so I feel like obviously the the emptiness metaphor is connected there I wonder if like the hotel he was at actually had no water in the pool because like it said yeah. the, the person on Twitter said it was like a very bare bones hotel he was describing yeah. it as. Like maybe <laughs> there wasn't water in the pool. I also feel like this line could be a line that like you just write randomly and then you find the perfect song to put it in. Yeah. Like you had this on yes. your phone in your notes and you were like, you know what, it fits here. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, totally this one definitely reminds me of like glass half full, glass half empty. And like this is mm-hmm. kind of the bigger version of the glass half empty. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no more water left. It's not, you can't look at the positive side. It is just an empty pool and there's no water left and you can't swim and, like, there's no hope. <laughs> yeah. Like. And just visually, yeah. it's very kind of jarring because when you think of a pool, you think of, like, fun and, like, laughter and, 
you know, not this kind of empty, barren thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely really sad. And yeah, just like a sense of emptiness. Mm-hmm. I also was looking up the various lyrics to see if there's like meanings that I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Um, and there's like a lot of websites that talk about the dream meanings of dreaming of an empty swimming pool (laughs) and one of them says that if you dream of an empty swimming pool it represents maturity and it indicates that the dreamer finally understood something very important and stopped being superficial i don't think that harry like wrote the song (laughs) with that in mind yeah but it does like it is interesting to sort of contemplate and it does actually match the theme of the song Mm -hmm. um like if you're thinking about it as someone who's sick or something Mm -hmm. you know it's can be kind of that feeling of like you know understanding something and like it's sort of that feeling like when you like the first time you experience like real loss and you kind of lose Mm -hmm. a bit like you kind of mature a bit in a sad way Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially a parental figure like if that's what this is about like yeah I think when you're when you're young you know you think your parents are in invincible you know you don't you don't think your parents are gonna die obviously they will yeah (laughs) but like you don't think that and you think like you know they'll always be there and then I think losing um like a parental figure it kind of makes you it changes you Mm -hmm. as a person and like makes you grow up in certain ways and like realize certain things and lose a sense of safety and I think this song kind of evokes that as well mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree with that yeah um what was i gonna say i don't know <laughs> did you have any other thoughts about um swimming pools mm, i feel like i did but i don't remember it maybe it'll come back to you yeah what about almost over had enough from you I don't know. I feel like if we look at the relationship side back to that, it's like right. that is clear to me. You're like, okay, I can tell this relationship's almost over. I've had enough about like the lies or the fights right. that we're in. Like I'm done with this. There's no more water left in this swimming pool. Like we've sort of drained anything that we can get out of this relationship. Right. Um, but on the other side of it, which is the side I feel like I'm more strongly feel like is the meaning, although meaning mm-hmm. is like whatever you take it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it does go back to that, you know, beginning verse where we were saying it's like, he's like ready for it to be over. Like, yeah. what's it waiting for? It's like, this is almost over. Like, I've had enough from like this sickness and like how it's hurting my family. And it's like, really difficult and I just want it to be done you know Mm -hmm. I feel like that could have that meaning I don't know how did you take it yeah I mean he could almost be referring to you as the cancer yeah you know like I've had enough from you the other thing that I was thinking about is that um it could be a combination song like how he said Mm -hmm. it's a love song but it's not like yes um he could be he could have written this song about two things at the same time Mm -hmm. it could be a song about Robin being sick and it could also be a song about a relationship that he was in at the time Mm -hmm. and maybe how those are interacting so he could be saying both things at the same time like he could be saying like you know this this situation with you know 
Robin being sick is almost over. And then he could be saying to, you know, someone he's in a, in a relationship with who he's maybe struggling with, like, I've had enough from you. Right. Maybe they're not being helpful in this situation or like, yeah, maybe he's upset about the situation and, and the person is being frustrating and, and telling him things that aren't helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, like it could be a combination. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something. <laughs> I was reading someone talk about one of their songs. I don't know who it was, but they were mm-hmm. saying like, I wanted to write a song about this thing that happened in my life, but I wanted to make it into a love song at the same time. So like mm-hmm. you make a love song, which is slightly different though. I think what you were saying, but like you make a love song around or like a song about a relationship around Mm -hmm. something that's kind of unrelated but you turn it into that I guess yeah no totally that's similar very similar yeah yeah because I feel like when um like my dad died from cancer from lung cancer Mm -hmm. when I was 19 and I also had like a super significant breakup at the same time Mm. and I like related those things so much in my mind so like oftentimes when I would think about my relationship I would I would like combine it with like losing my dad Mm -hmm. you know and like when I've written I haven't like written full songs but I've definitely like written a lot of like snippets of like poetry or song lyrics or whatever yeah and I'll often like combine them because they happen so close together and it's like such a similar feeling of loss um so like I can definitely see myself like writing a song that would be about that relationship falling apart and losing my dad and it would Mm -hmm. be like the same and it would be interchangeable you know yeah yeah I feel like Sometimes when we're doing song analyses, we just want to carry one story throughout. We forget that, like, Mm -hmm. songwriting is not necessarily like that. It might might not go, like, let's pick a topic. It, like, can be very messy and disjointed and, like, come from a lot of places and be maybe maybe based on, like, emotions that are happening at a certain time. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting with a song like this because I think when you look at it, you think – it's kind of simple and short. Hmm. No, there's not like a ton of lyrics. Yeah. But like, as we're discussing it, obviously there's so many meanings you can yeah. go into. Like we've just been discussing three lines. I know. For the last, like 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so good though. It's so good. Yeah. 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 And then after that, we have probably my favorite line, which is, and I've been praying, I never did before. Um, and understand I'm talking to the walls I've been praying ever since New York what do you have for this this part is just like such a I don't know it feels like it's so human to me it's Mm -hmm. like once you like I don't know it it sounds like it's someone who's not really religious but Mm -hmm. they're just trying everything they're like they're they're so desperate for this person to live yeah that they're going to start praying when they've never done that before. Um, yeah. And like, and then, and then there's sort of that self-awareness where it says, understand I'm talking to the wall mm-hmm. where it's like, maybe they aren't, they, they understand they're not religious and they feel right. like maybe <laughs> nothing's really happening with the praying, but they don't care at that point because they're going to do anything, even though they kind of know like in their mind, no one's listening to them, you know? It's like talking to a brick wall. Um, I know, like, for me, I'm not religious at all, but, like, there was one point in my life that I, like, prayed, and that's so Mm. weird because, like, I've never done that, and it was because someone I knew was in a coma, and, like, we thought she might die, and she lived in the end. Um, But, like, I just know that it was such a weird feeling because you're at that point where you just, like, I 
I just don't care, you know? Like, I want to do anything. And I feel like that's just such a relatable thing. Probably not so much, like, a while ago when more people prayed, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that many people that pray. I know some people that pray, but... Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like it's just such a sort of... uh, I, like, connect to this a lot, I guess. Yeah, I think... I think that's totally true that it's such a human thing. I think it's it's a very common thing to hear about people praying even when they don't, when they're in th- those situations where, like, mm-hmm. they're presented with death. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, a desperate, like, last-ditch, like, okay, I'm going to try this just because I have to mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and I also love – the vocals throughout, I think, are so beautiful – I feel like the way he sings this song, like, his voice is so, so soft. Yes. And painful. Mm-hmm. And especially at this line, the way he says, I've been praying, it's so delicate. Mm-hmm. It feels like his voice is, like, wobbling. Yeah, and his voice cracks on the last praying. It's so light. It's so, like, almost imperceptible. But it just adds, like, so much to the song. Mm-hmm. I've been praying. Mm-hmm. And he just has this way of singing, like, especially in this song where it's, it's just so, um, it's like so soft, mm-hmm. but also like so emotive. Yeah. Tell me something you don't know nothing. Just pretend you do. Tell me something. Just before you go. And I just find it super, super beautiful. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about the studio version. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't really hear that in the live version as much, because obviously yeah. it's live. So, like, his vocals aren't isolated as much, and there's, like, a lot more sound. But in the studio version, you can really hear that quality of his voice, which I think is so pretty and sad. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree, because the, the live version is much more powerful and power-driven, it feels like. Yeah more intense than this version yeah definitely um what else and then understand i'm talking to the walls has that same um thing that i feel like the just pretend you do has where it Mm. could be read or heard as i understand i'm talking to the walls Mm -hmm. or it could be heard as like please understand i'm talking to the walls like, you want someone else to understand, or you're saying, I understand. Mm, yeah. Because he doesn't say I, so it right. could be, like, you know, I want you to understand. What do you take it as? Walls. Do you take it as both? I kind of take it as both, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, <laughs> it's really interesting. So when I first heard this song live and decided to play with my family and, like, Basically, up until I started thinking about the song for this episode, I didn't think of it as losing someone, as as about Robin. I had heard that theory. Right. But I didn't know if it was true. I didn't really think about it. So I've always just sort of heard the song as, like, a feeling, an emotion. Right. But I've always thought, like, oh, it's probably about some kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And then getting ready to do this episode and thinking about the lyrics more critically... I was like, oh, like, this seems obviously about someone dying from cancer. Right. And then I was like, I wonder if that, like, hit me in some un- some subconscious level. And that's why I wanted to play and sing the song. Right, yeah. 
Like, I wonder if that's, that's why, like, I was so affected by it. Because, yeah. like, I felt that meaning even though I didn't totally, like... Yeah, but you got, like, the emotion from it. Like, and that could have right. been it, you know? Yeah. But it's so interesting how that works. How, like, mm-hmm. emotion and music works. That you can, like, feel something so specific even though you don't realize. Yeah. Like, it's not obvious that that's that they're singing that. But, like, mm-hmm. you can feel it. Yeah. And connect and- with it. And I feel like also going back to the praying lyrics, it just mm-hmm. feels like you wouldn't be saying that if it's a relationship ending. If you've never prayed before, are you really going to start praying for a relationship to end? It feels like mm, yeah, it's so I think much it more could desperate. Because I think there's some relationships that like you're so deeply in love with someone, and I think when it doesn't, when it's not working, I think that could that could bring you to that state. Okay. Because I think a lot of times when you're in relationships that are really serious and, like, they end badly, it feels like a death. Mm-hmm. It can feel like a death and it can feel like you have to, like, mourn yeah. someone as, like, like in some way. It, in some situations, I think it can feel absolutely just as painful as, as, as someone dying, at least mm-hmm. in my personal experience. Well, I have zero experience, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's more, I think it's more generally applicable to someone, to someone right. who's actually dying. But I think it can also um, be with relationship. I've definitely felt that mm-hmm. before. Do you have anything else for this verse? Um, no. Okay. I don't think I do either. Um, yeah, so then we get into the chorus again, which is, oh, tell me something I don't already know, repeated. And then they do a bridge, which is, tell me something, tell me something, you don't know nothing, just pretend you do, tell me something just before you go. And this bridge, what they do is, like, the chorus, they all sing, and all the guitars are going, it's very loud, and then the bridge, it quiets down, um, and it's just like very light guitar and Harry singing and the watery sounds. Hi, editing Lucia one last time. So I'm playing you a clip of the end of the song. This isn't the exact part of the song we're talking about, but I wanted to play you a clip of the watery sounds that Caitlin's talking about. And it's much easier to hear them in this bit of the song than in the bridge. Also, I just listened back to that, and for some reason, my voice is being distorted to sound much lower than it is, and I don't know what that's about. But here are some watery sounds for you. Yeah, and the watery sound, which could be electric guitar, it could be keyboard. Um, mm-hmm. And then they go back into the last chorus, which is loud again. Um, I I love this bridge so much. It's so delicate. Um, And it also emphasizes that thing I was talking about earlier where they sort of, the words are sort of on top of each other. Yeah. Um, Like, you don't know nothing, just pretend you do. Tell me something just before you go. Just pretend you do. Tell me something. You do. Tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this the first time it says, tell me something just before you go? It is, yeah. yeah. So at the beginning, it says, uh, I need something, tell me something new, and then must this hurt you just before you go. But this is the first time we have, hmm. tell me something just before you go. That's interesting to me. I feel like yeah, you could be changing perspectives and talking to the person in the relationship who's leaving or the person yeah. who's sick. And it's like, I don't know, tell me something 
before you go. Like, I know you're leaving, but I want to hear something from you before you go as like something to hold on to, I guess. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like this line really muddies everything because Mm -hmm. then it has so many potential meanings. Like it could be that thing I was talking about earlier where it's like two different situations combined. Right. Um, Like he's talking about about Robin and he's also talking about another relationship. Or like he's Um, talking on the phone to like the doctor like family member who's passing on information like just before you hang up the phone yeah exactly or he could be talking directly to like robin and saying like Mm -hmm. tell me something just before you go because he was also saying like i need something tell me something new um yeah weird it's interesting too the just before you go yeah um because that's repeated um in the first verse he says must this hurt you just before you go Mm -hmm. and then it's here tell me something just before you go and that's mm-hmm. interesting to me because it's like I don't know what that means like just before you go right I don't know yeah I mean, it seems like very like sudden like a very in the yeah. moment thing like just yeah. makes it feel like I don't know I don't know if I'm making sense I don't think I am I don't know what I've just said I think you're making sense <laughs> yeah yeah and then it's really pretty oh sorry go ahead i just i just said it like puts like a time on it like it's sort of urgent Mm. a bit yeah yeah and i really enjoy the music um the structure of the song here because at the end of the bridge like the bridge is very quiet and it's just harry singing and then the first um line of the last chorus when they say oh tell me something i don't already know it's all of their voices, but like mm. no guitars yet. And then they come in with all the um, and instruments. And you have the do, 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 do. Yes. I love that. Oh, tell me something I don't already know. Yeah, I think it's so pretty. And then this last chorus is where in the SNL version and I guess some other live versions, Harry adds. Mm. Um, he says tell me to already know he does it in the high harmony so there's a high harmony throughout but it's done in like head voice yeah um and then he does that same harmony but he sings it in chest voice which means it's like very loud oh, tell me something i don't already know just so good it's so magical it's so magical it's so beautiful and like when you watch the snl version too he like does this thing where he like <laughs> opens half his mouth and, and closes his eye and it's really funny because i've literally done that face before when yeah. trying to hit notes <laughs> either that or trying to put on mascara <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah but i love that um that little high bit it's mm-hmm. so pretty it is really pretty yeah do you have anything else uh lyrically nope to touch on okay so um we kind of talked about the music as we were going over the um mm-hmm. the lyrics but does this song um remind you of anything in particular any 1d songs any of other of harry's songs um I don't know. I didn't really think about this. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know. What do you have? Well, um, for me, the uh, not the musical sound of the song, but the feeling and the lyrical content definitely make me think of um, like Meet Me in the Hallway from mm. the Dining Table, Two Ghosts. Yeah. It's a very similar feeling. I think different meanings, but similar feeling for mm-hmm. me. Um, I think I definitely relate like see how all those songs were sort of on this album yeah i feel like Um, two ghosts Two, the live version that has mm -hmm. that same folky feel yeah to it sort of yeah definitely and um there's a song called baby blue by a band called badfinger and it has the same guitar riff um that harry does in this song the do 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 um way to like one up me there huh (laughs) way to one-up me with my version of that oh, you do it so prettily I'm like I do not think I did I think ours were both equally um, okay <laughs> don't put those back to back <laughs> oh my god maybe I will oh see how god. much editing energy I have um but I do wonder if it was just a coincidence or if he was inspired by mm. this song um, to include that little riff. Hi, editing Lucia again. I lied earlier when I said I was stopping in for the last time. This is the last time. I was listening to Baby Blue by Badfinger to add it into this episode, and I was thinking that they probably did directly reference it, whether subconsciously or on purpose. I do think it is a direct Uh, reference inspiration from this song also this song is a jam and everyone should go listen to it so here is a tiny bit of baby blue i mean the thing is is like it's 2018 people have been writing songs for hundreds of years yeah at some point, you know, we're going to come up with the same things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, but it's also possible that, like, he knew that he, he had heard the song and mm-hmm. was inspired. I feel like everyone that. needs to chill out. You know when people yeah. start suing people over stuff? I'm like, okay, calm down. How could you possibly know every song out there? Like, obviously things are going to sound the same because, like, things right. are good. So people are going to discover them again. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think there's some situations where it's like, oh, obviously you've like taken that directly without crediting the artist. But like things like a guitar riff like this, like that yeah. isn't like there's only so many guitar riffs in the world. Like eventually people are going to repeat things. Right. Um, and I also think like there's, you know, people are inspired by things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good thing, like for people to continue to like be inspired by their artists and yeah. like, elaborate and progress things forward, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so what is your favorite lyric of this song, Caitlin? Um, mm, oh, I just love the whole second verse. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, Brooklyn saw me empty at the news, there's no water inside the swimming pool, maybe that, but I also love the I've been praying never did before. I mean, it's less like yeah. uh, imagery, but it's more like uh vulnerability i guess i don't know i I just the whole verse is just so pretty to me it's very poetic yeah and your favorite was the the praying one yeah i think my favorite is 
I've been praying I never did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way that's written. I like the sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and rating, <laughs> rating out of 10, do you know, do you feel like you have a rating for this song? I feel like I need to break it down into like three different ratings because lyrically, okay. I think this song is probably a 10 for me. Like, yeah. I just think the lyrics are so beautiful. I wanted like a third verse so that we could get more of that gorgeous like imagery and raw feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I love how the chorus is, even though it's so simple, it just fits so perfectly with the sort of more wordy content filled uh, verses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the studio version, I would probably rate lower because I don't love it that much. Like mm-hmm. I don't like that that like I don't you know I don't get that same feeling as I do reading the lyrics but the live versions probably are like at a nine or ten for me but the studio version might be at like a six or a seven yeah like out of all the songs this one would probably be my least favorite studio version I would say yeah but like live that's it's so different so it would like go up to like a ten so yeah (laughs) (laughs) what do you think um yeah that totally makes sense to me I still really enjoy the studio version of this song mm-hmm. putting it um in a list of other of harry's other songs like i can't do that off the top of my head i don't think i can do that at all really i know he did attempt it at one point um but like i'm sure it's something that changes constantly yeah but just like in general like rating out of 10 i would give this song 10 out of 10 mm. uh, live version and studio version i really really enjoy both of yeah them. um i get different things out of listening to both of them but Mm -hmm. um I really love the studio version I think there's a softness and a delicateness to it and uh like pain to it that I really relate to and find uh and pleasurable to listen to Mm -hmm. well pleasurable I don't know why I chose that (laughs) word (laughs) not pleasurable I wasn't gonna say anything comforting And then we often talk about, like, how would this song do on radio as a single? But, like, I don't listen to the radio. I don't I know. know what makes the radio is bad these days, guys. I tried it once and I regret it. Never go on. <laughs> never turn it on. It's not good news. So, like, I don't know if we should answer this question because, like, how would we know? I know. I feel like the live version would do okay. Yeah. Like, it fits in with, like, Shawn Mendes style-esque. Yeah. And he's on radio. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, do you have any final thoughts? I really liked this. I thought it was good to go through those lyrics. It feels like yeah. a bit of a catharsis in and of itself. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely feels like one of those songs that when I do experience something that makes me feel these feelings, I'm going to mm-hmm. go back to, you know, and like mm-hmm. want to shout those lyrics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I read a couple of, a couple of different places, like different people said, specific situations where they would be listening to the song and they were like Mm. driving down the highway like with the windows open or like someone said driving through the desert like I want to listen to this song like I read a couple of different like posts of people talking about like specifically where they want to hear this like you want to throw your arms up and like yeah I don't know Yeah. yeah it's such a beautiful song it's so there's so much in it and it's like it's such a combination of that feeling of like like obviously it's like so sad and heartbreaking and there's Mm -hmm. like this sense of loss. There's that sense of tiny bit of hope. There's that like catharsis and release Mm -hmm. that you were talking about and acceptance and it's a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant job, Harry. 
Yeah. You did yeah. good. You did really, real good. Really brilliant job. I wish that this song got, I wish that more people like this song. Because mm. um, it is one of my favorites and I feel like it's un- a bit underrated. But I think yeah. it's, I think it's like what we talked about, how yeah. people heard that live version first and then were underwhelmed. But yeah, I'd love to see more of this songwriting style because I don't think all mm. of this, I think this is sort of maybe more unique in the songwriting style. Yeah, this song reminds me a lot of older songs. Yeah, um, it's, it's just that somehow the words and the imagery created seems very, like, like older. Mm-hmm. It's the empty yeah. at the news. It's very, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Yeah, and that line, tell me something I don't already know, it doesn't mm. get old. No. Like, you, you listen to the song, you hear it over and over again, it doesn't get old. We've been talking about this song, reading the lyrics, it's, it still doesn't feel old. Yeah. It's, it's very such powerful. A good, such a good line to repeat. Yeah. Because we already come to the table with, like, what that means to us. Tell me something I don't already know. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and just, like, makes me think of, like, of, like, also that, that feeling of, like, when when someone you love is dying or has died or is sick. And, like, a lot of the things that people will say yes I wrote that down I wrote that down I forgot to say that yeah because that's what it makes me think of too like I've definitely wanted to say that to people like well tell me something I don't know yeah (laughs) oh it'll get better like you'll get over it it'll be okay you're like sometimes you just have to like be in that like bad place sometimes like not in a yeah like not in a bad way but like you need to like accept that things suck sometimes and be like this is terrible like, let me feel that. Give voice to my sad and, like, anger. and Yeah. Yeah, like, when my dog died, I think it's more, it happens more with that. Like, uh, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, you gave him a great life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> like, that's not helping. God, that's now I'm thinking what I wrote to you when, I, when your dog passed away. No, you, whatever you said was lovely. I didn't feel annoyed <laughs> at that at all. Like, it always does like, feel a bit vapid, though. Like, no, but you said other things. It's hard. You, it's, you weren't. You didn't just write me one sentence. Like, well, yeah. at least you gave him a great life. <laughs> you wrote me something nice. But, but it's also true. It's it's true. Yeah, it's a true thing, and it's not that I. It's not that I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's more that like, I think I think it's hard to know like what to say. But I think sometimes when you're in that place of like losing someone or. Or, like, potentially losing someone, mm-hmm. I think. The most helpful thing is for someone to just be, like, I, like, to be there with you. To yeah. come there with you and be, like, I see you. Or if they've experienced the same thing, to be, like, I know how you mm-hmm. feel. Like, I feel like the most, the most, like, helpful thing that has ever happened to me in grief was um, uh, in 2011, I, I lost my dog in, like, a really, really traumatic way um, that, like, I still just can't even talk about. And... Mm-hmm my one of my best friends who like lives in Mexico she wasn't around at the time she was in Mexico and I know that like her and I are like we're like soul connected you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like I know that she feels the same way about her dogs as I do um and she came to my house and like I opened my door and she just like hugged me and she didn't even say anything but like I knew in that hug that she knew exactly how I felt right and that was like more healing than like any of the words that like anyone could ever say to me yeah and I feel like that's what I can think that's what I kind of think of when I hear this line like tell me something I don't already know yeah um just reminds me of that so anyways I feel quite sad now I know (laughs) 
This has been like, oh, it's a heavy one. It had it to really be that is. way, though. I'm glad it was. Me too. I've, I've so enjoyed this discussion with you. Yeah, me too. I had a really good time. And, and think... next time we'll do something like woman where it's a little more saucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, thank you guys for listening to that discussion. If you have any thoughts on this song or any life experiences that you relate to the song, we would love to hear them. Please write mm-hmm. to us. Um, and what is your recommendation for us this week, Caitlin? All right. I have two recommendations this week. I feel like I've recommended Julia Michaels before, but I've just recently been listening to her again and she Mm -hmm. has her own EP, but she also has done a lot of like collabs with different people. So, um, like Shawn Mendes, Kygo, um, she has two songs on the 50 Shades, uh, whatever if you can get over staring at that dumb album cover then (laughs) enjoy her music um yeah she does and then love i don't know if you can just find a whole bunch of collabs that she's done and it was so funny because i was listening with my sister in the car the other day and she was Mm -hmm. like this sounds so much like that selena gomez song um bad liar and i was like that's Mm -hmm. because julia michaels wrote bad liar yeah um and i was i was i knew she was like a songwriter and I've mm-hmm. looked up all her credits before, but it's awesome to go back and like look at how many credits she has for so many yeah. songs, like starting with Demi Lovato's uh, Fire Starter, is that what it is? Um, mm-hmm. And she actually did on, like if you have Apple Music, you can go listen to her talk to, uh, I think it's Zane, the Apple Australian or New Zealand oh, Apple I guy. Oh, I love interviews. Yeah, they talk about like songwriting and she goes through, and it's like, a, it's a thing where they'll talk about a song and then they'll play the song. So you can Ooh, like, it's I really cool. Watch that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I just, I love hearing about like women songwriters because especially a lot of the songs we discuss on the podcast are written by all men. So right. I don't know. I like to like delve into that a bit more. So go yeah. check that out. Um, and then uh, the second one was Blends, which is a fan fiction that is a Remus Lupin, Sirius Black fan fiction um and it's called blends and it's by rvltn909 on archive of our own if you google blends like serious remus ao3 you'll find it um but it is like a super duper long slow burn coffee shop au and coffee shop au's are just the best in general but oh my god it was written so well you get into the characters heads um, it's like the best slow burn ever. If you love a good slow burn, it's just I really do. It's just so good. So go I check that out. Things. And I know the author is working like for the past two years, and like they've recently updated their like the comment section of their fix, saying they're still working on it and they're going to finish oh. it, like a sort of companion piece that has like Sirius's perspective and like maybe some other oh. stuff. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But it's really, it was really good. And I wasted That's a whole awesome. lot of time these past couple days reading it, but it was worth <laughs> it. So go check that out. Let me know what I'll you think if you do read it. it. <laughs> I'm reading um, Wild and Unruly right now, which I've read before, but I've never finished it. Yeah. And I'm finishing it now, and I'm uh, very invested in it. it so and good. after I was like two sentences in, I was like, okay, I want to move to a ranch. Yep. And live, I want to get rid of all my belongings. I want to get rid of my cell phone. 
uh, delete my internet presence and move to a ranch in Wyoming and <laughs> ride some horses and grow my own food and, and open a gay bar in, in yes. Wyoming. Wait, when you finish that, we should do a TDDL where we talk about it because it'll finally be I would a like love to. discussion that I can have with someone else rather than just myself when I used to do those like fanfic book clubs. I would love to have a discussion with you about this. Yeah. I was like texting Caitlin a bunch of stuff as I was reading it. It's so good. It, and it's that so one, good. like just the coming together and the love, it's just really beautiful. Like the characters. Yeah. And like the cow birth scene. I know. That was just, it was amazing. I can't. Like you feel like you're there. You do. Like, I can feel the rain on my body. I know. Uh, so and beautiful. everything, I can't. I just want to discuss it all. It's just so good, okay. you guys. Let's do, an, let's do a TDDL about it. Yeah. Maybe we should make that our first like fanfic book club. Edition. Oh, that would be really good. We can get people to read it. Yeah. Because I feel uh. like what well, I want to do, I want to do this like fanfic, fanfic book club. And Caitlin has done like versions of this, but mm-hmm. I feel like it would be so cool if we like picked a, a fic and then everyone read it on their own. And mm-hmm. then we could do like a discussion about it and people could like write in. Yeah. Thoughts. Oh, I that's like why like fun. I do get a lot of joy out of reading the comment sections like yeah. even chapter by chapter when I was reading blends, if you do read it, just read everyone's comments too, because it feels like you're like gushing with your friends about like yeah. everything that's happening. It's so beautiful. And you're like, oh, I noticed that moment too. And that one like yeah. really got me. And it's, it's just, it reminds me how beautiful fan fiction is that like, you know, it's all this like wonderful sort of um, like raw blooming of emotions and like people mm-hmm. engaging and something that doesn't really happen necessarily with books that have to go through editing and you know yeah publishers and they have to things get cut out it's just such a I don't know well, organic a different level of connection because everyone yes. is coming together in a very different way yes it's so it's organic like, even I though each it. story is different it's the same it's like the same character mm-hmm. and even though obviously like each character in each fic is written so different like there's yeah. a sense of connection that everyone reading it has yeah Whereas when you're reading a new book that you don't know the characters at all, like it takes you a while yeah. to like connect to them. And, and like, after blah, every blah, chapter, blah. you can't just like go and write something or contact the author. Like, yeah, exactly. you're much more removed. It's more, I mean, it's not always a solo experience because there's like book clubs and whatnot, but it's, right. I feel like fan fiction is so much more communal and it's beautiful yeah, that way. It's so special. <sighs> well, that wasn't my recommendation, but it is my recommendation because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you should go read this fic. <laughs> and then my official recommendations um, are, I have actually three covers of Ever Since New York that I found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, These are, the links for them are in the doc. So if you're on Patreon, you can go find them there. Um, and then hopefully I'll remember to add them when I post the Twitter tweet about this episode. Um, so one of them is by a group called Indie Ella, and it's two, um, girls, they're stepsisters, and they're playing guitar and singing, and it's super cute, and they do really, really pretty harmonies. Um, I was really blown away when I heard this cover. And then the second one is someone called Grayson Morales on YouTube, and, um, she's playing the piano. Um, it's really pretty, and... It was cool to see a piano interpretation of this mm. song. Um, and it, like, makes it so much sadder. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like I've heard of Grayson Morales. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her voice is so pretty. Um, but it was it was really interesting because, like, I feel like when you have songs that are sad but they're played on guitar, they're played with a more fast, up-tempo mm-hmm. rhythm, it can be sort of harder to notice how sad it is. And then when you hear it on piano, you're like, oh, 
this is a sad song. That would be, honestly, if Harry played piano live and reinterpreted it for next tour, it was just him and the piano, that would be gorgeous. I would love that, yeah. Oh, he should do that. Yes. But also harmonies. Oh, that too. Yeah. And then the last They could be in the back. They could be in the back, but just like no other. Him and the piano and then them all doing harmonies just with their voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the last cover is um, their YouTube name. YouTube name is Sage, and um, it's just like her playing guitar and singing. But her vocals, oh my god, they are gorgeous, mm. heart wrenching. Like you've got to listen to this cover; it's so pretty. So um, that's my recommendation to search all of those on YouTube and listen to them. Nice. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, definitely do. The links I'm are all scared to open the them all now because I feel like it's gonna get recorded. <laughs> when they start playing out loud. (laughs) So um, we'd love to hear what you thought about the show, your opinions on anything we discussed today. Please feel free to send us new stories or anything One Direction related you would like to hear us talk about on future episodes. Thank you for listening to episode 158 of Talk Direction. You can find us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at talkdirection. And we do have a Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com. And I started a couple weeks ago adding additional, um, like, longer versions of show notes onto Tumblr. But unfortunately, there's been some weird things happening with the platform lately where um, apparently posts that have links in them are not showing up. Oh. (laughs) Um, And I'm also not really sure that anyone is going to the Tumblr to, like, look at the show notes. So. I don't know how I, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing that. Um, oh, they look so pretty, Because it does kind though. of, you like them? <laughs> you don't have to keep doing it. It looks nice, though. <laughs> well, if anyone likes them, please let me know. Because if people want them, I'm happy to keep doing them. Um, but it just seems like most of our, the people who interact with us currently are on Instagram and Twitter. So Yeah. But maybe we can grow our, our Tumblr audience. So maybe I'll keep doing them. <laughs> Um, you can follow us individually. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O. That's L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. Caitlin, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Caitlin I-R Foster. And Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Wonderful. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkdirection. It's hopefully going to get extra exciting over there. And um, our latest TDDL, as we mentioned, is our fantasy Christmas album, which is super fun um, to talk about. You can rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 159. Bye. Bye. Once again, Harry Style. Do 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 do.